Right then, my passage for today is 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 to 15. But as Sam mentioned earlier, this is following on from uh, what he said last week. And we really need to hear that again to get the context. Otherwise, we're starting in the middle of an argument uh, which Paul's, uh, Peter's using. So I'm going to start reading from verse 1. Uh, so 2 Peter chapter 1, from verse 1 to verse 15. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, They keep you from becoming ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so short-sighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to conform your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I'll make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. Now one thing I notice, when you look at the letters which Paul writes, which Peter writes, he starts by being very complimentary about the people he's writing to. Because often what we do is we look at the letters and we can look at all the things where they're saying, you're not getting this right, you're not getting that right, you're getting all all these things again, no, you've got to do this, and so on. But actually, they start by saying, you are chosen in God. Mm. Peter here is saying, your faith is the same as the faith I had. I, who was with Jesus has faith in him, your faith is exactly the same. And therefore, your faith is something which is highly important. And so he really wants to do this. Oops. Right, that was just a bit of play acting. And I didn't do it very well, because I'm not a very good actor. 
Right. Put my glasses back. I'm not that short-sighted. <laughs> my eldest son, Peter, was, literally, when he was young, if there's anything beyond that, he couldn't see it clearly. But do we want to be short-sighted or not? Right. Because Peter says in this passage there's a danger that we can be short-sighted. Right. Matt, can you come and share what you shared last week? Because when you said that last week, I thought that's just going to actually work very well with this bit. front of our nose is important. So I don't want to make any implication that talking about the faith which we have in Jesus is not important. But if you only see what is in front of your nose, you're missing out on all the glory of what God is like and what God has for you. Now, this has been coming in all sorts of ways today already, so uh, I don't need to say so much on that. You know, tying back to what Lou was saying about her mother's curry, sometimes you want to just taste one item of food and just delight in that. But other times, you want something like a curry, where you've got all kinds of different flavours have all merged. And usually, if you're going to really get a good curry, you make it, then you leave it for a few hours for them to, to really develop into each other before you actually heat it up and eat it. And what Peter is saying in the passage I've got here is that, yes, your faith is like my faith. Your faith is extremely important. But our walk with Jesus is not just what our faith, where our faith is. It's much wider and much more uh, nuanced and much more beautiful than just that. In verse 5... The translation I'm using says, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. So you have your faith, yeah, that is important. But they use the word here, supplement. And when I was looking this up, this is actually quite difficult to translate into English. Because if you look down at verse 11, uh, in my translation it says, for this will be richly provided for you. The word translated supplement in verse 5 
and provided in verse 11, and I don't know what words you've got, it might be add and some other word, they're the same in the Greek. So what Jesus is providing for us in verse 11 is the same word as being used here to supplement. And the original Greek meaning, it was very much the idea of you had somebody who was a benefactor of a town and he gave things to the town. You know, if you go to St. Mary's Church and look, go in through the main door, turn around and look above the door, you'll see some boards which tell you who are the various benefactors of the town who gave things, so, you know, for the almshouses, for giving bread and other stuff to uh, widows at Christmas or, or whatever. They're benefactors who've given. After all, thinking about your faith, did we provide the faith we needed for salvation? Or was it provided for us? Now, the answer to the first question is, did we provide the faith for our salvation? The answer is yes. Was it provided for us? I'm not quite sure how you get beyond yes. Sort of a double yes. You know, there's an element, with when we came to salvation with our faith, there's an element where we needed to respond. But really, we were responding to what God has already given us. That's why when we want to see people saved, we pray for God's Holy Spirit to open their minds, to hear what he's saying. Because if God isn't speaking in, it doesn't matter what we say, it's just going to bounce off. Well, it doesn't always. Sometimes it becomes a seed which God uses, could be down the line. But you know what I mean? Somebody is only going to respond to what we say at that time if that is God is already working in them. And so with these other things I'm going to talk about, it's not that somehow we've got to work hard to supplement our faith. You know, it's not that we start with faith and then we've got to do all the hard work for the rest. Because as Sam already told us last time, Everything we need has already been provided for us by Jesus. So it's not a case that we just sit back and do nothing. But equally, it's not a case that we've got to somehow wind ourselves up to be able to do these things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. Well, it does to Sam at least. <laughs> so what are they? And I'm not going to spend a great deal of time on most of them. Because it's more the big picture I'm looking at here rather than the detail. So, in verse 5, supplement your faith with virtue. Uh, some translations will say goodness. Virtue would have been the original word in the Greek Latin type approach. And for somebody in the Roman Empire... Virtue was important. If you wanted to have prestige in your community, you had to be a virtuous person. You had to do what was right. 
So we, as members of our, the communities we live in, we should do what is right. As far as that ties in with uh, scriptural principles and God's laws. Because what the community might think is right in some aspects uh, go against God's laws. And that's true in any community. There'll be different things in different communities, but there's always going to be some things in the community which tie in with God's laws and some things which don't. The ones which do tie in are ones we should make sure we are seen to be doing. It's important for our witness that people see that we are good citizens, but also we need to remember that our private activities impact public what happens overall as well. One thing I saw in uh, coming through on my uh, social media and the news sites as I look at this week is that uh, it's, there's been a change in the, uh, with child abuse in this country. So that over the last year or so, it's now changed that the p people who are most prevalent in terms of child abuse are boys, while before it used to be adult men. And the articles I've been seeing tie this very much into the ready availability of pornography on the internet which people find, often for the first time by accident. But the reason something like that is readily available on the internet is because people are using it. Adults. So what adults are doing affects what becomes visible for children. So therefore, something which you might think is just private and doesn't affect anybody else actually does have impacts through society. Right, now going through this, this isn't the list of what we've got here isn't progressive in the sense that first of all you've got to make sure you're virtuous, then you can go on to some knowledge. But there is a sort of element of links here. So, knowledge. We need to know what is right and we also need to know who is right. And to our knowledge we need to add in self-control. If we don't have self-control, we will be buffeted around by whatever's going on around about us. <coughs> we need to be able to identify, no, this isn't right, therefore, and have the self-control not to follow it through. And self-control with steadfastness, sometimes translated endurance, we don't give up. When life is difficult, we don't give up. We trust in our Lords and Saviour. And then he says, brothers and sisters, we should add to steadfastness godliness. This is, if you like, supplements the virtue bit. We need to be doing those things which are godly and right. So you see, all these things interact together. Godliness with brotherly affection. 
Right, you all know the Greek word used for brotherly affection, I presume, Philadelphia. Oh, yes. All right. So Philadelphia has got nothing to do with angels flapping around. <laughs> Philadelphia is to do with what you do to the other people in our church. Philadelphia is what you get between Christians. You know, we talked earlier about all being one church family. That's why, because of Philadelphia. So next time you see a cheese advert, throw something at the TV and uh, remember, actually, it's more about what you do to one another, not uh, things flapping around. But also, to that, add love. So the love we have is not just for one another, it goes beyond that as well. So all these things need to be things we are growing in. Again, that's something which has come out earlier today. You know, we don't, we're steadily growing more and more. We should be growing more and more in what God has for us. Do you want to be inefficient, sorry, ineffective and unfruitful? How many people here want to be ineffective and unfruitful? Right. Verse 8. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if we don't want to be ineffective and unfruitful, we need to be working at improving these. And, just quickly picking up in verse 12, Peter says, therefore I always intended to remind you of this. He says, you know this. I don't think there's anything I've said today you probably don't know. But we need to be reminded because we forget. We're not very good at remembering. And I was chatting with Peter earlier in the week and he reminded me of something I'd said when I was preaching or or maybe it's when we were chatting as elders earlier last year, and I'd sort of half forgotten I'd said it. Actually, I had half remembered earlier in the week, oh, I think to have forgotten having said that, you know. But, yeah, we can say things. You know, I find it. I can say things here when I'm preaching. People can tell me how that they found it helpful, and then I can find a month down the line I've pretty well forgotten what I've said. We're like that. You know, we need to remind one another, encourage one another. We need, Peter wrote this letter, he said, look, I'm going to be dead soon. You need to remember this stuff when I'm not around. You know, so we need to remind one another. Now, what I want to do in a moment is for us to break bread and have wine together. I've set up four sections around the place and I think I've been I was a bit pessimistic I don't think I put enough lots of wine up Sam could you go and get some more uh, things so you'll know where they're up in the office and I think I've got 31 lots out so we're probably going to need about another 8 or 10 lots of wine made up there aren't any in the kitchen at the moment you need to get them from the office I thought I'd use up all the oddments, you see, and I thought there'd be enough, and there weren't. Right. I need to have more faith, don't I, to how many people are going to turn up. 
but thank you all for coming and causing this problem for me and potential embarrassment. Yeah, right, so what I, th I think the way to do it this week was if we go to one of these, there's sort of two at the front, one on the colouring table, one on the, uh, uh, where the capes usually end up at, over there. And I think together in groups, as you are comfortable, do it with whoever you're comfortable with, in groups, whatever size you're comfortable with. Let's just break the, have, take the bread, drink the wine together, because we remember our Lord's death his, and his resurrection and that he's coming again. And then just pray for one another. If you've got something you want prayer for, ask. If you think you've got something to pray over somebody, as long as they're happy with it, do that. If there's something which I've said out of these bits here, about virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, love, if God's challenged you on one of those that you need to be working on it, ask people to help you. You don't have to explain why you need help with it. Well, you can if you want to. But, you know, just ask for people to pray for one another. Because God will take... Well, God's called us, as we said, as a community. So we need to support one another. Right, let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for your great goodness to us. Lord, we thank you that when we fall short, your mercy is never-ending. We thank you, Lord, that when we confess our sins, you are faithful and just and you forgive us our sins and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you are aware of anything you need cleansing, Confess that to the Lord now and he will cleanse you. And Lord, we thank you that because we are cleansed, you have made us new, afresh in you. And Lord, that because of that, we can take this bread and drink this wine because you've purified us. You've brought us into your family. And Lord, we ask that as we do that, Lord, that we might know the uh, more of your love, more knowledge of you, Lord. We ask this for your name's sake and for your glory. Amen. So if you'd like to move to one of those sections, as I say, pray together in twos, fours, eights, tens, whatever you is you're comfortable with.